Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Well, good morning. Happy New Year. So survey real quick. How many of you still have your Christmas decorations up? You're such good holy people. Uh, Yeah, ours may end up staying up till summer now because of this thing, but... uh, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes to change the culture. Um, but uh, yeah, they ain't coming down easily from my, my house. But uh, I'm always excited when I see Christmas last uh, throughout the beginning of the year, at least, uh, in people's uh, lights and lawns and everything. It's always cool. Um, so here we are. It's January 1st, 2023. How many of you thought we'd have jetpacks and we'd be moving around, uh, flying all over the place by then? Uh, it's, it's crazy to think we're starting another year I'm so excited to start the new year on a Sunday because to me as a preacher, we get 53 of these now instead of the regular 52. So it's kind of fun uh, for us. I, I love being able to gather with the, with the community of believers, with my, my family, um, with the household of God to, to worship weekly. Yeah, it's a lifestyle and we do that all throughout the week, but there's something powerful that happens when we celebrate together. Um, it's why... Jesus called us to be a part of a, of a church. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to kick off the year with a prayer focus. So the whole month of January, five Sundays, we're doing uh, prayer changes everything. And then we're also kicking off the first 21 days uh, with uh, fasting and praying, um, depending on what, what the Lord lays on your heart to, to, to do as far as the, the fasting goes. Um, there's, a, there's a scripture in James chapter 5, 16, where he says um, the, the, the prayer of a person living right with God, I think this is a message version, and I'm paraphrasing the message paraphrase in my head, but the, the prayer of a person living right with God is something to be reckoned with. And here's the thing, living right with God just means I love you most and I follow you with my heart and I'm in your word and I'm in community. It's not trying to be Billy Graham. I mean, if you're Billy Graham, Awesome. We need more Billy Grahams. But, but you being you and loving God because he's, he's God and, and becoming like Jesus because he's our example and letting the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you because he dwells in you, that's a person living right with God. And your prayers, according to Scripture, according to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit who wrote that through James, it's going to be something to be reckoned with. And so that's what we love to kick off uh, this year with um, in, in looking at how prayer changes everything, starting on the inside and then, and then in, in our lives and then from our lives and then to those around us. Um, but we're, we're asking God to, to stir our hearts as we spend this month of focused prayer uh, on Sundays and, and three weeks uh, with fasting and prayer uh, to help us create uh, a habit of praying without ceasing. Uh, I know that seems like a tall order, uh, but if you were, you know, if you could remember when you were born, which you can't, and somebody said, you're going to have to walk and run and feed yourself, if you could think that through as a little kid, you'd be like, that's impossible. But it happens over time with habits being created. So praying without ceasing that the scripture asks us to be a part of happens as we just begin to, to live this out. 
Uh, and, and this prayer time, this fasting and prayer, and this month of focus prayer, it's, it's not so you can figure everything out or finally arrive uh, at a plateau of Jesus, but you know, it, it's not so that you can, I don't know, hear something great and then ask, okay, I got that taken care of, what's next? It's, it's to be inspired in your life and following Jesus. You can do it. It's to be infected in a good way with, with a habit of prayer that, that your, your go-to every day, whether it's good, bad, ugly, in need, in thanks, whatever's going on, your, your go-to is, I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to thank him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to him. He's my dad. I'm going to ask him. I need his guidance in this big decision. I need, this, I need his guidance in this small decision. I need his favor in this thing that I feel like he's calling me to do. That our go-to is just to have those conversations with him. And at the same time, hopefully we can see breakthrough happen in our lives. Hopefully we can see things that need to change, change. Either I stop doing or maybe I step into doing something. And that that change and that breakthrough happens in us, around us, and because of us. So we're taking 21 days. 21 days here where we're looking at options that we have before us. And there's some don'ts that, we, that I'm going to mention in a moment. And then pray is obviously the biggie. But, but as far as the options go on this focused prayer, maybe your time that you're setting aside to pray and to fast is for direction. Maybe it's for decisions that you need to make or a big decision that you have before you. Maybe it's heart stuff. Lord, this is going on in here. Can, can you come through for me? Can you, can you make a breakthrough happen in here? Maybe, maybe there's a serving opportunity for you. You know that Jesus calls us to, uh, to love, serve, and give, to, to volunteer, to, to share our lives with others, and, and it's been on your heart. You're like, I don't know where to serve Take these days and ask the Lord, can you, can you confirm or point out to me where you want me to step into serving and giving my life away that I don't live to get, but I live to give as a lifestyle? Maybe it's a, a giving opportunity. Maybe you don't tithe and you know, man, Jesus calls me to be a, a faithful tither, a faithful giver of my resources. Uh, I just want to step into that. I want to step into that. God, I, I'm so selfish. I'm, I struggle letting that go. Help me to be a faithful tither. Maybe you tithe and you're like, you know, I know that the tithe means 10%. I'm kind of only giving three to 7% or whatever it is. I'm just making up numbers here. Not the 10%, but, you know, uh, tithe means 10. Um, but you're like, Lord, I want to get to where I'm a, I'm a faithful, obedient tither. Help me to get over this hump that I just can't seem to get over because I look at bank accounts and costs and uh, inflation uh, and retirement dwindling, all, all those things, and, I, and, then I, and then I justify. Help me to be faithful in that. Or maybe it's you are absolutely faithful. You're just saying, Lord, I, I feel like you're calling me to give above and beyond. And, and maybe you're, it's, Lord... Show me where to, where to give. Maybe it's to a, a family in need. Maybe it's uh, to, to a missionary faithfully supporting him. Maybe it's uh, to a mission organization locally. And you're looking at it going, hey, every time I hear about them building ramps with the Texas Ramp Project, I just think I need to give to that. And, and, and Lord, help me to be faithful in that. Maybe this period of time, this 21 days, is to work on 
attitudes in your heart or towards others, or maybe to work on attitudes towards people, or maybe there's an attitude or two you need to deal with, right? I remember years ago, there's two times when I fasted because of attitudes in my heart. Once I was living in Maui and once in San Antonio. One time it had to do with a person. And my original fast was I'm going to fast until you remove that person from the planet, which that wasn't good. But I was like, okay, Lord, one of us has got to die. Uh, uh, so I'll just fast till I die or you take that person and move them across the globe. Um, I knew that wasn't the right outcome. I just was like, Lord, there needs to be a breakthrough because... This person's like wreaking havoc like in our mission world and in my world specifically. So I'm just gonna pray for breakthrough. I don't know what that looks like. I don't mind if it comes with breaking of them, but my attitude changed over time. And I remember after 16 days, and I was just like, I'm just gonna fast. I hope I don't die, uh, but I'm just gonna fast. And I fasted just, I was just water only at that time. I was a lot skinnier and better shape so I could handle it uh, better to start. Um, and after 16 days, I remember my, my roommate busted into this, this uh, place where I was, uh, I was working, and he's like, so-and-so's leaving. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, can we go get me some food? Um, but uh, <laughs> I didn't expect it. The Lord moved it, and, and it wasn't that that person was intrinsically evil. How they were acting was wrong. But I was just like, Lord, I'm, just, I'm fasting for a breakthrough. But I found my time with him was so sweet. To the point where I was like, you know what? If nothing happens, I'm with you a lot. That's good. I remember one time in San Antonio, I began fasting. And I didn't blame God for where we were, but I was like, you did bring me here. Uh, and, and I was like, I'm fasting until this changes. The first, the first moment of prayer time in that fast, I think we are going to fast for like a week at the time. Just put on some worship music. And that was my time instead of eating that meal. And I put on some worship music. And uh, all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? I, I don't need to pray against. I, I don't even need to pray for something to change. I just, may my mind and heart always be on you and in tune with you. In fact, I'm just going to worship you and praise your name every time that it's prayer time for me. And you do what you want to do. And at the end of that, no circumstances changed outwardly in the work setting. But in here, the Lord very very strongly spoke and said, you know how to love people. You know how to be obedient and faithful to me. Just be my example and you're good. And you know what? They never, for the, the next year and a half, circumstances did not change with the chaos. But in here, I was good. I was good. Because my heart was, yeah, Lord, I got this on my mind and my heart. I, I would love to see this change. But ultimately, I want to be in your presence. So maybe it is your attitude that needs to change, but just let him have it. He wants you to win in, in his terms, whatever that is, and, and then he wants to win over your heart, and he wants to mold you and shape you into Jesus. So just give him that time and watch what he does with it. Maybe, maybe you need to learn to submit to God's will. Maybe you need to learn how to walk in in, in forgiveness because you're holding on to unforgiveness and you're, you're not repenting. And so he wants to break that down and teach you how to live a, a, a humble life of repentance. Maybe there's a relationship that needs to be reconciled and you're gonna fast and pray for the reconciliation to happen in God's timing and way. 
Maybe you just need to know who you are in Jesus, your true identity, who Jesus says you are and, and who the Father says you are and begin to live in that. And so your fasting and praying time is, Lord, just will you show me who I actually am so I can stop living like I think I am or trying to earn or trying to do or trying to battle for, but I can just live in the truth of my identity in you. Maybe you need healing in your health. Maybe you need, uh, you know, there's brokenness in your body somehow. Maybe, maybe there's an addiction issue, whatever that might be, and you just want that to be broken, and so you give this time to God. Those are a lot of options. You pray and you ask God what he wants you to do, and then if something's on your heart that's heavy, man, just say, Lord, uh, while I'm fasting and praying, will you take care of this issue? Now, some don'ts for 21 days of fasting. Don't, like for me, I don't really drink sodas or watch Yellowstone. So if I fasted watching Yellowstone or drinking Coke, that wouldn't do a thing for me. I'd be like, I won. <laughs> that would be very selfish for me to do that. I, I was joking with Nate Steele the other day. I was like, I'm going to fast the use of my right arm. <laughs> right? I don't have a choice. So that would be, and that would be dumb anyway. But uh, even if it worked right now. Um, but don't set aside something that's easy and unimportant. And it's not about beating yourself like flagellation or something. It, it, it's about saying, Lord, I like this stuff and I'm gonna lay it aside during this time to hyper-focus on you and, and maybe put myself through a little bit of a, ah, uh, for that. Um, I mean, you know, there's sweets, meals, there's the classic Daniel fast where you fast, basically you fast meat and, 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 and just have veggies and fruit. But, but I think the healthiest way, and you gotta determine this yourself, but the healthiest way is to say, Lord, I wanna fast something that I feel and I'm gonna, I'm gonna endure through it as I pursue you. As I pursue you because, because you wanna say, Jesus, you're more important to me and your move in my life means more to me than bacon or any TV or some people are fasting social media. Like if I fasted social media, I, it wouldn't be a big deal. Uh, but for some it is. And, and, and that's awesome. Lay that aside, put that on hold or whatever you, whatever you do with social media if you need to. Turn your TV off and only have worship music playing. Put down the dessert spoon. Oh, no, pastor. I know. I know. <laughs> and most importantly during a 21-day fast is that you pray. Make sure you pray. If you don't pray specifically and not like offer up a one-second prayer, if you don't pray and take time set aside for prayer, it's just a really bad diet plan or self-inflicted pain. Okay, so make sure you spend that time praying. The easiest, and this doesn't mean this is what you're doing, is if you fast a certain meal of the day, maybe it's lunch. That whole prayer time, that whole lunchtime is prayer. That's very easy to lock into because we want to create a habit as well as spend time with. I'm asking Pastor Jeremy to, to make his way up here. Uh, he's going to share some, some uh, help, helpful pointers to us. Um, that you have some resources that we have and, and encourage you. And then we're gonna, we're gonna start off our prayer and fasting time by looking at what's known as the Lord's Prayer. Man, I, I would just encourage you to join us. Um, some of these times, and Scott pretty much covered everything. Good job, Pastor. Um, but just join us 
find a way you can gather together because when two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst of us, right? And as you um, crucify your flesh and tell your flesh no and tell your spirit yes, God shows up, the word will leap off the pages like it's never done before. Your prayer time will be so intimate with the Lord. I can't even, I can't, it's hard to explain. We've, I've done this so many times within church structures and bodies and even for my own personal reasons and ways. And it just deepens your relationship and your ear to hear the word of the Lord. So I wanna encourage you in that. <clears throat> There's some prayer times listed on there. Maybe you can't be here for those prayer times. Set an alarm on your phone and join us during those times when you know that we're praying together corporately on Tuesday morning, Sunday morning, and then Wednesday nights throughout these next three Wednesdays from six to seven right here. You can join us here. And if you can't, set your alarm. Join us during that time of prayer and uh, be expectant. Let your faith come alive because the righteous, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much and it has much power the word says, and it's working. So I wanna, I wanna just encourage you. And then as we come into the end of this fast, I just wanna say the, the 22nd will be the first Sunday after we end the fast. Come believing and expecting God to move that day. We're gonna, I think we're gonna pray for the sick that day. And we're just gonna, we're gonna believe for God to move in a mighty way and our obedience and pursuit of him for him to show up and do supernatural things. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Jeremy. So in your bulletin that you got, and if you didn't get one, grab it on the way out, is that, uh, kind of resource example help uh, for you. Uh, so we're going to be looking at what's famously called the Lord's Prayer in a little bit in both uh, Luke and Matthew today. So uh, the version of Luke, I'm going to read to you, verses 1 through 13. Uh, this is in the NLT. It says, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then, teaching them more about prayer, Jesus used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, by the way, if you ever try that with Pastor Jordan, he's been asleep four hours, so he's good. Because uh, he goes to bed at eight. Never mind. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, says, don't bother me. Door's locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Now that's interesting. This is Jesus talking. He's like, that guy doesn't really care about you, but you keep beating on that door. And so... I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Here's an interesting thing. This is all about prayer that Jesus is teaching. He's like, hey, if, if you're praying and you don't get the answer, uh, it sounds like, well, you're telling me to keep beating on God's door, right? 
And then, and then along with this, this whole thing of persistent prayer, so a, a heart set, that's the, the Lord's prayer part, that's kind of your heart set right. And then this persistent prayer, he also says, when you pray this way, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, which is what Jeremy was talking about on the 22nd when we end our fast. That Sunday, we're gonna be talking about this empowerment that comes from a prayer life. And it's through the, the, the gifts and the, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives to do those things that he calls us to so that his kingdom will come and be established on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord's Prayer that Jesus gives us, we call it that, it, it's really a priority prayer for us. It's not that we have to say it verbatim. That's not the point. In fact, in Matthew, he says, this is how you, this is a way to pray. It's more of a template than it is an absolute must. If it becomes an absolute must and you say the wrong word, you're a screw-up. You're also religious. Uh, and, and you get stuck in that liturgy, which liturgy on its own isn't bad, but it, we want to have it flow from us. Take this prayer and make it your prayer, your, your verbiage, your heart with God. The points are in there. You're big, you're my father, you're God, you're holy. Thank you for this, thank you for this. Help me to do this, help me to live this way. Those are the, the main points and then you fill it in with your life. That's what Jesus is teaching us here. This powerful truth of, of how we live a life of praying as we follow Jesus, that's the point. And it's a timeless prayer containing some of the most important things we know and believe in, right? I mean, there's a lot of points made in this prayer, and if you look at Matthew chapter 6, you can see the, the Matthew's account of the same thing. So I'm going to bounce a little bit back and forth between the two and hit on some key points before we step into application, and we're going to say the, the, the prayer together before we go back into worship. Some of the points that, that Matthew makes uh, in Matthew 6 verse 5, he talks about hypocrites pray for everyone to see and hear them. They stand on the corner, and they yell it out loud, and they say it perfectly, because their point is, look at me, as opposed to, God, here's, here's my heart. Matthew's saying, hey, or what Jesus is saying in that point that Matthew pins for us, your desire is so that others applaud you with how religious you are, and you're missing the point. And then he also says in verse 7, don't babble on like the, the Gentiles. They say as many words that they think are right as possible so that one of them can finally click and invoke some God's uh, you know, desire to help them. It's like, I'm just gonna keep talking, saying all the religious words I know, and one of them's gonna stick against the wall, and then that God will help me. That's what Jesus is saying, and he's like, hey, that's, it's not about using enough right words or, or invoking some presence of God. He's God. He's omnipresent, so I don't have to ever invoke his presence. Again, it's, it's about the heart. And and we usually don't, as Christians, stand around and babble on and just saying words, 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 but we, we make our own religious thing out of it. Maybe we make bargains with God. It's January 1st, got to start the new year off right. Uh, I'll go to church. I don't think any of y'all did this, other churches. No, just kidding. Uh, but like, we're like, okay, I'm going to get in good with God. I remember somebody uh, a few years ago was here and sort of followed Jesus was, had bad health, and I was like, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. And he's like, well, I don't think I'm gonna live long, so I thought I'd be getting good favor with God. I'm like, oh, no, don't say that to me. Uh, but his mindset was, I'll go to church because I think I'm about to die, and then God will remember that. 
That's religion. God wants your heart. Maybe we give God one last shot before we, you know, call it a relationship. Maybe uh, you rush to church in order to, like that one guy did, uh, get in the good graces with God. All he wants is your heart. That's what he wants. That's why Jesus says over and over about, about the Father. There's nothing inherently wrong about reading a prayer and, and saying something that's written down. I mean, after all, these were written down for us and Jesus told us, hey, this is a way to pray. So there's nothing wrong with this. But if my Christianity is only about saying this perfectly or memorizing it so that I can say it on a given Sunday when everybody stands up to say it, I, I'm missing the point. Because that's about a recording, not about a heart connection with Jesus. Jesus wants to, us to, uh, to avoid becoming religious and just saying words without living them out. He wants those words to pierce our hearts. Wow, holy is your name, God. Like you're holy and you like me. You're holy and you let me stand before you. That's what Jesus wants us to get. Verse eight in, in Matthew's account goes on to talk about how the Father knows before you even ask, which makes you ask the question, if you're like me, then why ask? You know before I ask, so why even say it? Here's the thing. He wants relationship with you. He wants your heart. He wants to know you, and he wants you to know him as well as know that he wants to really be in relationship with you. It doesn't mean that just because he knows what we're going to ask before we ask it that it's unimportant and we shouldn't ask it. Jesus is getting across the point that God wants to be intimately involved in and with our lives and wants that relationship with us. Both of them write about, uh, thank you for the food that you've given us. Some, some versions say daily bread. Uh, the NLT writes, uh, you know, the, the food that we need each day. Thank you for giving us that. God wants you to know that he cares about the everyday normal things in your life. And even the daily bread that was written uh, in, in some versions, it's not talking about just that bread that you eat or that meal that you eat. It's about the daily provisions he gives you for sustenance in life, your shelter, your, your, your ability to have a job, your health, um, obviously the food, uh, the finances or the resources to live your life. Those are the things. And, and so we say, thank you for what you've given me in my life so that I can live every day. And he cares about the normal everyday things. It doesn't have to be something that seems only, you know, majestic or enormous. The reality is this, you're the one that is enormous to him. You're enormous to him. Yeah, you might have grown up thinking, well, I can only pray for like the big stuff because the little stuff, I don't want to bother him. He loves, he's not bothered, but if, if I were to say this this way, he loves to be bothered by the little stuff in your life because you're the one that's enormous to him. The fact that you love dark chocolate or that you love a good sunrise with your morning coffee matters to him because he's crazy about you. He's crazy about you. So when we say, thank you for you know, giving me the ability to feed my whole family, he also wants us to say, hey, thank you for, man, this cup of coffee, this is my favorite 
type of coffee on the planet and thank you for so-and-so bringing it by so that I could brew this this morning and, and drink it. You know, this is my favorite, God. He cares about the little and the big because you matter as the ultimate big to him. You matter most to him or else he wouldn't have sent himself to become one of us to die for all of us. You matter. He's crazy about you. When, when, we, when we pray in there, uh, you know, deliver me from temptations, it's not a, a prayer that says, don't let me ever be tempted. Because if that were the case, then Jesus would have sinned in the desert. He was tempted. It's to help me choose right when I am faced with temptation. So deliver me from temptation doesn't mean don't let temptations ever come into my life. It's help me make the Jesus decision when they do. Okay, so it's, it's asking the power of the Holy Spirit to help you make decisions that are healthy and look and sound like Jesus. Asking God to empower you with the, the discipline, because again, of the Holy Spirit in you, to, to choose right, to resist giving in during uh, times of struggle or, or temptation. Forgiveness, it's pretty plain there what he says. And we're actually going to hyper-focus on that on January 29th, the last one in our series. We're going to hyper-focus on, on that forgiveness and repentance. So we're not going to cover it here. Tune in. Be back with us on that day. Now, Father, this is the one I felt like the Lord wanted to hyper-focus for us, leading us into this, this prayer life. Jesus is teaching how to approach God personally here. He's teaching it in both settings, both accounts where it's written down, he, he's referring to Father and he wants his followers then and now us to know this deep father and child relationship. And he's also asking us to see God as actual family, not some distant God, not some, uh, you know, big Jehovah. He is uh, a big Jehovah, all that, but he's father, okay? So, so here he is. And it's interesting because in the Old Testament, the word father is used a little bit less than 20 times. In the Sermon on the Mount alone, Matthew 5 through 7, Jesus uses it 16 times. In the four Gospels, it's used 150 times. That tells me that this getting it, getting an understanding of Father, of Dad, of Abba, is of the utmost importance in our Christian walk, in our life in Christ, in our becoming like Jesus, who knew him as Father is very, very important. And so when Jesus says, this is how you ought to pray, we see Father over and over and over again. Dad, Dad. And for some, myself included in the past, this means having to get through whatever that Father hang-up might be. I've been there. He walked me through it. It affected me for a long time. I had Father issues, Father wounds, so I had Father hatred, and I applied that in some form or fashion to God, and so I stayed distant from him as, as my dad, as my Abba, as my father, and he had to walk me through healing, and he certainly did because he's crazy about me. So this father or dad connection, if there's a hang-up there for you, it means you just need to go through healing. You need to go through a healing process. Don't just force father or force dad into your prayer vocabulary Get healed. Let him, let him minister to you. If there's a wound there, get healed from that wound right there. Have a freedom prayer appointment. 
call the church or go online and make a, an appointment for a freedom prayer uh, uh, ministry time and see God heal you. Go to Cultivate, not tonight, it's January 1st, next week. Uh, go to Cultivate and, and make that a habit and, and watch the Father God heal your heart and show you who you are in His eyes and in His creation as your loving Father and you being His son or His daughter. Maybe come up here for prayer at the end of the service and, and let that be the start to something that, that breaks down walls in your life as it applies to that father-child relationship. Take these 21 days. Ask God to hear you and hear from him as your father. Then Jesus goes on, he says, talks about uh, another point he makes is uh, some versions say, hallowed be your name or your name is holy. It's a holy name. Hey, he's big. And we need to recognize that. That's what Jesus is getting across. He's big. You're not. You matter to him, but honor him in that. Your kingdom come. This is interesting because this is proof that whenever we're following what Jesus asks of us, obedience to his word, living a life like Jesus, the kingdom of God is seen in its fullness here and now in our present world. And that's saying a lot. To some religious mindsets, that would be heresy. Well, you know, can't, can't bring the kingdom of God here. I don't know. Jesus said so. So wrestle with Jesus. I'm just reading his red words, right? So, you know, however, however it, it is always going to be tied to our obedience, our prayer life, and our relationship with him. And when that happens, man, we can see amazing things happen. I mean, he does say, on earth... As it is where? In heaven. Yeah. There's no yeah, but. You can't yeah, but that one. It's in red, and Jesus said it, and heaven is in one place. So the, the light, that life would happen here just like it does in heaven. Well, I look at heaven, I go, okay, it's perfect. There's no sickness. There's no sorrow. There's no death. There's no, there's no evil overcoming anything there. That's a tall order on earth, and it's messed up. Yet, we're told, live like Jesus and watch things on earth happen like they do in heaven. It's not just some flattering poetic phrase. It's Jesus talking. It's reality. At the end of the day, much like at the end of this prayer that Jesus gave us to teach us the importance of what matters to God and, and relationship with him, at the end of the day, it's about a relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, relationship with others in our church community. And, and all of us are on this similar discipleship path, learning as disciples and growing as disciples and, and becoming more like Jesus. And we call this prayer the Lord's Prayer, but the better title would be the Disciples' Prayer. Uh, I always thought it was a weird thing because I'm like, why would Jesus ask for forgiveness? It's not the Lord's Prayer. It's maybe the Lord's Prayer he gave us or the disciples' prayer is a better term for it. I don't think we're gonna get it changed uh, while we're living and dying here on planet Earth. But uh, I like the word disciples' prayer because if you want the Lord's Prayer, go to John 15. If you want the disciples' prayer, take this and make it your prayer in some form and fashion as you grow in your relationship with God the Father, Dad, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit living in you. And we'll become like Jesus. 
we'll be able to honor and submit and, and depend on God for everything like Jesus did and, and walk in full forgiveness. We'll be able to resist the enemy just like Jesus did as we begin to make this our lifestyle. In Luke 11, verses seven and eight, uh, we see that this prayer is very persistent. I mean, he says, uh, don't be passive, bang on that door. Keep banging on that door until the door opens. Bang on it. Man, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. Watch him come through. It seems so wrong. It seems so irreligious. It seems so pompous, but Jesus says it. Keep asking for that person that's not saved for, for their salvation. Keep asking for that healing in your life. Keep asking for that relationship that needs to be restored. Keep asking for that sin issue you struggle with to be broken off in the name of Jesus Christ, the King of all kings. And then in verses 9 through 13, uh, Luke writes and uh, what Jesus says, Jesus goes on talking after saying about asking. He's, he's talking about taking God at his word. He's trustworthy. Take him at his word. Trust that he'll come through in the promises that he says he'll come through in. Trust his heart for you as his very own. He's crazy about you. He longs for you to see success in his, in his determination, and he wants to bless your life. So, so keep praying, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and watch God come through. And looking at this prayer that Jesus shares with his followers, we see how important relationship is, how, how having the right mindset is key. It's not a gimme, gimme, Jesus-smart world where I go and I'm like, okay, I want that, I want that, I want that. It's, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is how I'm, I need to live like you. It's a, it really, our prayer time is best when it's giving him his praise and honor he deserves and just basking in his presence. And it's important that it's personal because it's relational. Don't let Pastor Jeremy or Pastor Rusty be your prayers. Learn from them, yes, but don't let them be the ones to pray for you. Don't, don't be like, well, I, go, I pray because I agree with, uh, you know, Ian when he prayed on Sunday. no. That's good that you agree with Ian when he prayed on Sunday. But begin praying in your own life. Open your mouth and speak. Know the Father and his will for you. See him for who he is. Natural disciplines in our life are healthy. Budgets, exercise, uh, you know, diet. Uh, and the same thing goes for our spiritual lives. Being in the word, being in community, Praying, those are key, and there's no way around them. So what we're gonna do every Sunday in this series, we're gonna have a specified prayer time to apply this. And today, we're actually gonna all stand. I'm gonna ask you to stand. And we're gonna declare the Lord's Prayer together. It's gonna be on the screen. This is a passage from Matthew chapter six. And we're gonna declare it together. And here's what I want you to do. As you declare it, at the very end of it, you take some time during this song, up at the altar, whatever it is, maybe with your, your spouse, and you go, okay, how, what's the focus of our prayer life for these 21 days or for this month? Let's, let's declare this together. Let's make this a habit. Maybe you just say this every, every day to start your day and to end your day as you create a healthy habit, but at the same time, you begin to make it your own. But we're gonna declare the Lord's Prayer together, the disciples' prayer. And, and we're going to kickstart our prayer life. And then you step into a daily prayer time. And I guarantee you, 
If these 31 days of January, if you'll pray every day, specifically in a way that is personal and towards Jesus and a time set aside, you will create a habit that cannot be stopped. And you'll see things change in your life. So let's say this one together. It's going to be on screen. Jesus said to pray like this. Ready? Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Lord, as we go into a time of worship, I pray that you would prick our hearts, that you would speak to us, that you would minister to us, that we'd hear from you and we'd make decisions to step into a prayer life with you like never before. We give you these moments. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. God bless and have a great week.